I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my brains. You're that smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes, morons. Everybody's going to the party, have a real good time. Okay, do you actually, seriously? I don't know what system of it down, but okay. <laughs> I still don't understand why that how that came up. I don't know. It just came into my mind. Sometimes that song comes into my mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just... It's a, it's a, it's actually a pretty good song. I haven't heard that song in so long. It's been Neither like two have I. Years. And then even. But that oh. that part of the the refrain. It's good. It's memorable. True. True. That is um. It's not toxicity, is it? System of a Down. Well, no, this oh, it's to- Toxicity, the album. Yeah. Is it? I, uh, I don't know. It's not Ariel's. I know it's not that. It's probably, I don't even know. Oh, well. Either way, hi. <laughs> this is... Hi, hello. Uh, episode six, I think, of Good Deliberation. I'm uh, already something losing, like that. Yeah, I'm already losing count, so... Who cares? <laughs> it's an episode uh, of Good Deliberation... No episode uh, is worse than the others. Just the, umpte- the umpteenth episode of Good Deliberation. Hope you enjoy. Uh, <laughs> if not, there's been no criticism so far, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, no criticism is arguably the best criticism. Thanks for the lack of fraternal correction, everybody. Yeah. Wink, wink. No, it's nice. great, because it, me- it obviously means that we don't need any correction. Oh, yeah, we're obviously perfect. We're doing great. We're amazing at what we do. We are po- we are podcast pros. And this is Lent. Every listener <laughs> is satisfied. Oh, I think I'm doing Lent wrong, if that's the way this is going. <laughs> okay. Has anyone... Here's the real question, though. Has anyone ever done Lent right? I mean, Jesus. Yeah, okay. All right, you can pull that card. I mean, pull that one right right at the beginning. So, (laughs) just see Jesus going to the desert. God the Father walks up. You're doing it wrong again. Come on. We got to restart. We got to start over. Start over. You got to set an example for these guys. (laughs) And Moses fasted 40 days before getting the, the Ten Commandments twice. But did it change anything? No, he still couldn't go into Cana. Or Canaan. Yeah, yeah Canaan. that's what, true. Yeah. Whatever the land of milk and honey was. I don't know. I'm not, I don't read my Bible. I'm Catholic. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Um, again, yeah. This, hello. This is 1130 at night on my end. What is it? It's 1230? Uh, it's, it is about 1230. Oh, just gosh. before. Yeah. Should we reintroduce ourselves? Because I feel like we don't actually do that. <laughs> and then people don't know our names. True. I mean, I've done it some episodes, but you've been, again, uh, gone for... I've also been MIA for weeks at a time. True. So Hopefully that won't happen again. Okay, well, well fine, Ryan. You, you don't introduce yourself. No, I don't need I'm to. Be. Everyone already myself. knows me here. Everyone knows you. I'm Nathan. There, that's done. Yeah. Forget about it. I was That's like, you it. can't really put it's your you Twitter get. up there because you're not really doing that much anymore. I might, I might be more active on Twitter now. Oh, I think it's time. Because <laughs> oh man, you don't even understand. Bring, a, I'm bring some sanity back. I'm literally about to take like a week long social media fast. Yeah. So Dude, we kind of need someone I, to promote the podcast. I just put the Facebook app back on my phone oh, and, wow. and the Messenger app, and uh, I put them in a. Like, you know how on your iPhone you can put them in the, the little groups? Yeah. I put it put them both in the little group, and I was like, okay, I'll put all my social media apps in here. Oh, I can title it something. Well, I titled the whole group Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> social media is trash, guys. This is what he it. thinks of all of you. <laughs> no, all of the people are nice. Well, not all the people are nice, but it, people are good intrinsically. And I enjoy interacting with people and building relationships, but being on social media is exhausting, and I hate it. Yeah, that's part of why I'm doing the fast, and part of it's just for, like, you know, I haven't been off of social media in about a year and a half, so... Yeah, no, that's understandable. I need a little bit of a detox. So Yeah, you need breaks. Yeah, you gotta have that. It's good but, for you. Eh, arguable. 
it's more of an addiction at this point. So there's always the relapse, or not the relapse phase, there's the withdrawal phase, so I could get horribly sick. We never know. Oh, yeah, you could it's just be crippling. Uh, <laughs> like breaking out into sweats, you're in a fetal position. I honestly don't even know what I'm going to do in my English classes anymore without being on iFunny to look at the new trending memes. Because that's literally all I do. Don't read, don't, I didn't actually say that. Don't read Professor, the books. You. <laughs> just read memes. You could just read the book in memes. If all of it could be translated to you into meme form, it'd be readable. Oddly enough, me going on iFunny stemmed from one of our classes when we actually talked about memes and their influence on society. That's funny. And then, Have you ever yeah. heard of... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was like, and then I just kind of went off into... One yeah. window had a paper on it, the other window had, like, iFunny. I see, I see. So, dual screen writing reminds, up an essay. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the lolcat Bible. Have you ever heard of that? No, I need to see that. <laughs> it's real. No. The, uh, it's the whole Bible translated into, um, like, cat meme language. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hi, into beginning ceiling cat made disguise into Earth's when he did not eat at them. The Earth's had no shapes and had dark face. And ceiling cat rode invisible back over to waters. As the good book tells us. <laughs> I'm totally reading. I'm finding John 6 in this at some point whenever it gets there. Because <laughs> right now it's just the Old Testament. Yeah. Oh, I hope they continue. I'm so happy. That's that's existed for a long time. I don't even remember when I first knew about it. Uh, it's on Amazon for eight bucks. <laughs> no way. There's also another book by Michael J. Knowles. Um, not to trigger warning. Uh, it's called Reasons to Vote for Democrats. Okay. And the entire book is blank. It's like 270 pages of just blank pages. Blank paper. <laughs> it's great. That's funny. I love it. But yeah, so that made me happy. It became the number one bestseller on Amazon for about a week and a half. <laughs> I'm still, I'm going to buy one at some point. Just for like, Goodness. give it to a present to one of my family members for, for Christmas or something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know, if the party did a turnaround and become obsolete, like if, if parties became worth voting for again in general, it would become obsolete. True. It's so hard to vote nowadays, because you're just like, well, I can't vote for you because of X, Y, or Z moral reasons, and I can't vote for you because... Of... Uh, of Most other moral reasons. <laughs> EFG moral reasons. Oh, uh, it's... It's just, you know, ignore the civic duty to vote. Anarchy. Um, no. <laughs> that's all we need. Is it... Actually, no. Is it illegal to secede is the real question, because... Technically, it's never been mentioned in the Constitution. It's become a state's... It would be a state right. And the Civil War, it was never really discussed as a debate. They just... The South was just like, we want to secede. And the North was like, no, we have an army. And then... I don't know. <laughs> I don't up. know. I'm not sure. Why can't... I don't know. Just follow... Like, follow the laws. I don't... <laughs> it's not even a law at this point. That's the thing. Yeah, but who, who cares? Just live try to live peacefully in your country i feel like that's not actually that hard well, create your make own. it hard get like your little or town create, get your make parish. your own country yeah get a it that, and just uh, that that futurama quote bender says um oh man something we'll do our we'll do our own whatever i don't insert x here we'll do our own x with blackjack and hookers, like that's the oh <laughs> that's that's the meme part of it. <laughs> Always add on that part. Oh man, no, I mean, well, besides the fact that you know, I would not have a country if it wasn't run by someone that had a faith. Like, I would probably get my parish, find like the oldest, wisest dude there get the priest and be like, yo, can you write up a legal document? We're seceding from the Union. We're making this parish our own country. And, like, <laughs> Grandpa Bob over there is going to be the president, and that's how this is going to work out, because he probably knows more than most of us, and he's holier than all of us. <laughs> and that's my plan. Yeah. Something like that. Well, th those exist. Um, micronations? Mm -hmm. There's one 
in the states where it's just like this little plot of land and it's got its own small government. <laughs> I think it's called Malasia or something like that. Uh, and then there's one that's like on like an old oil rig, and it, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't I don't know a lot about it, but there are micro nations. It's so technically they're their own thing, but they're of course dependent on the the land surrounding them. That's a gr- do they have to pay taxes? Because if not, it might be worth making my own I don't know. just to not have to pay taxes. <laughs> That's how you. That is the modern version of tax evasion. I'm totally doing. I'm that not now. sure. I'm looking. I into have that. no idea. Yeah, look up, <laughs> listeners at home. Look up Micronation and then at us on Twitter and tell us whether or not if you live in a Micronation, you have to pay taxes to the nation you live within. There's a Dominion of British West Florida. British West. What? <laughs> is it? <laughs> what? It's like the British flag with a. It's like Australia's flag, but the rest of the flag is like besides the like the Union Jack. It's all red, and there's like just one white star in the middle of it, like some fifth grader in like an MS Paint just put a put a. That oh, one star so is for is for the one state of Florida. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I'm glad I could introduce you to the the wonderful world of micronations. It claimed the territory of the 18th century colony of West Florida. And it claims to be striving for dominion status as a commonwealth realm on a par with Canada, New New Zealand, Australia, Antigua and Barbuda, St. Kitts and Nevis, and the Bahamas. It's, near, it's neither acknowledged by any government nor exercises any authority over its claimed territory. And its activities are largely limited to the internet. <laughs> that went from, like, I can see what you're trying to do here to just... No. Just no, that's no. not even what I'm talking about. There's, there's other, there are other ones that have, like, established governments and have presidents. I know, but that's my favorite already, and I've only seen it once. Yeah, no, that one's pretty great. Oh, no one takes the cake, baby. That's great. So speaking of nations, flawless segue, you were in a land that was not as icy as it may seem. Yeah, over... I traveled over spring break. Ooh. I Ooh. went to Iceland, and it was awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, okay, so in my mind, Iceland is like the most beautiful country on the face of the earth. For a while I thought it was New Zealand, and then I discovered Iceland. Um, Just beautiful scenery, mountains, farmland, waterfalls, uh, glaciers, volcanic beaches, where like the whole beach is like black sand and rocks. uh, It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous country. Um, I might post a few pictures to Twitter that you can check out. Yes, um, their turn. Or you could also just look at, like, people go to Iceland to take artsy-fartsy pictures all the time. It is a photography place. It's a, it's a very uh, picturesque country. Dang. That's so cool. So, like, what did you do there? Okay, so the I don't purpose even know of yet. the... Yeah, the, so the purpose of the trip was study abroad. So it was kind of there was kind of an academic focus on it, um, and we had like a tour guide, who was a native of Iceland, and we had an itinerary that we followed. Like we did certain things and certain things throughout the day, and we learned you know about like Icelandic horses. For you know, did you know that Iceland has its own breed of horses that is incredibly well, is incredibly pure because it's only mixed between the breeds of horses that were originally brought to Iceland. They've never bred outside. They've never brought, like, outside horses into the country. So it's a very pure breed, and they don't, like, vaccinate them or anything. It's just, it's so pure. Um, so if they leave, if the horse leaves the country, and sometimes they do, like, for races or, or things, they can't come back because of diseases and, and uh, other things they might bring back and share with the other horses. Wow. Yeah. That's a little uh, intense. So, it is. It's very intense. Um, also, the entire country of Iceland has a population of roughly 300,000 people. It's not a lot of people. It's no. very small. 
My two yeah. towns alone have like 120,000. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom was curious about like the size of Reykjavik, the capital of Iceland. She was curious about the population of Reykjavik compared to the population of Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, Why Reykjavik? Oh yeah. Because uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm cl- I live within a close enough proximity to Erie, so they. Uh, I looked it up, and Reykjavik has like maybe like ten or twenty thousand more people than Erie does. So it's like a hundred some thousand people. So like over a third of Iceland's entire population lives just in Reykjavik <laughs> or around Reykjavik. Um, Sounds like Chicago so and Illinois. Yeah, something like that. Like half of our population lives in Chicago or Cook County. Yeah, so we have we, ha- we have uh, 100 times as many people in the United States as there are in Iceland. America. America. Um, <laughs> but to Iceland's advantage, though, um, it means that they're... I mean, they get a lot of tourists now, and that's become its own industry, But um, the, the tourism aspect of it. But since they've been so secluded, they're, they're really good at really staying self-contained. So, mm. for instance, the horses, um, you know, that be, if, if they're doing business with the horses, that's really self-contained. Um, they don't really have competing businesses. Like we visited a greenhouse that grew tomatoes and uh, pretty much everywhere we went, if there were tomatoes there, they got those tomatoes from that greenhouse. Um, we only ever saw one brand of butter. It's Icelandic butter. Uh, presumably gotten from, no, they've got cattle. It could have made it from the, the milk. Um, but basically all, uh, so much of it is just really self-contained. Um, they pro- there, there probably aren't a lot of competing tomato greenhouses to compete with that other greenhouse. Um, they're big on conservation. And, um, they do a pretty good job, and they've got access to a lot of natural energy, like geothermal uh, stuff, because they're right on... This is more science stuff I learned, not typically my my area of interest, but I remember it. They're, like, right on the divide between the North American tectonic plate and the Eurasian tectonic plate, and they're slowly separating. So, like, in, like, 2,000 years, they might be, I don't know, however far apart. Not very far apart. It's like an earthquake happens there. It's like an earthquake happens there, Iceland's just gone. Not exactly, because earthquakes do happen there. Um, like it's still one. actually a, a pretty like developing country. Not in the sense that like the people, society is developing, the civilization is developing. Like it's, I think it's a first world country. It's much more that the country itself, like the land, is developing. Mm. There's still volcanic eruptions. There's still earthquakes. Stuff is still happening that's forming the land of that country. Um, it's not quite as set as the rest of the continents. Now, that being said, like, if plate tectonics and all that is still happening, then technically the rest of us are still kind of moving too. But Iceland is a pretty, like, recent, um, you know, speaking in terms of the history of the Earth, Iceland is a pretty recent country. Um, I I brought back some, some rocks. And these aren't just any rocks. These are rocks that used to be lava, in the 13th century. So, when Thomas Aquinas was alive, the rock I had was lava. <laughs> that's what, I don't know why that's what I thought of when I, they were like, oh, the 11th or 12th century, and it was like, or the 13th century, whatever whatever they said. It was like, that's around the time that Thomas Aquinas was alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I associate the 13th century with. Oh, I mean, same, but oh, Good that's Tommy. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah. No, I had to argue... Oh, you weren't on Facebook. Some guy um, commented on one of the people in this group I'm in's post. It's like a bunch of Catholic people. A lot of us A lot of us met on Twitter. 
um, a couple of us met from Seek, and he starts commenting, trying to argue Aquinas. Is that a different? Is that a different Catholic Twitter group than the Catholic Twitter group I'm a part of? <laughs> it's like a mixture. It's weird. Oh my gosh! Like Nick, <laughs> just Nick's, so many. Like Nicholas Job's in it. Um, I think it's the one I'm in. I think so. I don't know, but I just haven't posted anything in a long time. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? It's, I've yeah. lost track of these things. Either way, like he tries to Go post ahead. and tries to like destroy Thomas Aquinas, but he's drunk. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. wait. You're trying to argue Thomistic philosophy while you're not sober. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> He tried to he dismantled he tr- he dismantled I'm doing air quotes right now he dismantled the first three ways which is not that hard to do because no, they're not made not, to be logical arguments you know like they're not made to be well they, I mean they're, they're logical arguments but it's not like you can you can never prove that they're sound yeah like, and you have to yeah. you have to accept the first premise that there is a god you know yeah to accept them if but, there is a god they are sound. But yeah. we, just, we just, we can't, like, empirically prove that yeah. there is a God. Yeah, and if that, pre- I mean, and he was right, he's like, if that premise isn't true, then it's a, it's kind of an erroneous jump in logic to, to what yeah. he's saying. But, like, he does that, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then my, my response was at two in the morning, it ended up being, like, a page and a half long. <laughs> and, oh, that was the weirdest time of my life. <laughs> So I had to look up Latin and Greek terms that I've never heard before or haven't looked at in a, like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was weird. But yeah. Well, he's not—he's not the per- first person to attack Thomas Aquinas's five ways. But you know what? It doesn't make his five ways any less like relevant or true or valid. Like they are valid arguments, I think. I mean, at least um, Dawkins gave him a page worth considering. Yeah, thanks, Dawkins. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, even though you know you're horrible, horrible at philosophy, just as a general concept, I'm not going to go into that because I'll just get triggered. <laughs> I can't do that again this week. Not, not today. Not today. This week that already happened at a uh, basically some guy. Okay, you're going to love this. Okay. So we're talking Matthew sixteen eighteen, which it's this non-denominational group, which is a really good group just as a uh-huh. whole. Like, they're great people, um, but the guy's talking Matthew sixteen eighteen, which is, and, like, the verses before and after, just for a little bit, where it's, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Yeah. But he talks about before that, when Christ is like, who do you say that I am, and starts kind of basically asking the disciples, what, like, what are people saying about me, like, what what's my rep? Yeah. And they're all like, oh, they say you're a prophet, or X, Y, or Z, or you're a some sort of weird wizard that's a reincarnation of John the Baptist or something like that. And then he's like, who do you say that I am? And Peter's like, bro, you're God. And he takes that and just, like, expands it into this whole, this confession of faith is what the church is built on. This is what he's talking about with the rock. He's not talking about Petra or Kepha, which is literally what's being used in the Greek and the Aramaic. And I, like, I'm sitting there next to one of my friends... And the second he says that, she just looks over and, like, sees me, like, clutching my hand. I'm like, she's like, don't do anything. I'm like, don't but, say he, but the Greek. Ryan's like, hold me back, hold me back. <laughs> uh, I, I was about two inches, or not two inches, I was, like, two seconds from going full St. Nick on this guy. Yeah. Because it's like, because he literally calls out and he goes, you people, like, you people that might be Catholic out here might think that this says... This means that Peter became the first pope. But I think if you really look into the into the verse here, you'll see that that's not what it's saying. And I'm just like, that's the just exact so false. opposite <laughs> of what you're saying is true. If yeah. you've done a Google search, you would know yeah. this. I don't know. Oh, I was, yeah. But oh wow, we're like 20 minutes into this. Thing. Enough banter? Question mark? <laughs> is that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we're quite a bit into this. We can banter as much as we want. I don't care. True. Yeah. You don't. You don't <laughs> control is, us. All this audience. is relevant. All of this is relevant. You don't control our topics. <laughs> it just, it's yeah. good for them in some way. I truly believe it's good for them to hear. Um, but yeah, so this came to me while reading um, 
JPT's letter to artists, which I'm not going to read the full quote, but if you guys want to look at it, it's the beginning of section six. Uh, it starts with every genuine, genuine artistic intuition, and it's like a paragraph or two on from that. Yeah. This um, is the actual topic, by the way. Yeah, this is like actual what I, what yeah. Nathan, I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but it's a beautiful part of the letter. It's kind of long, so I'm not going to say it because it, it, it'll take a while to, say, to read. But it talks about creation and the artist, the artist's, um, what the artist experiences whenever he creates and what he perceives as the beauty of which he creates and how it's not even close to the glimmer, to a glimmer of like what he saw before it was mm-hmm. created, which is implied as what the father has given him as that beauty to be expressed within whatever art form he he has. Mm. Um, which, again, we discussed this back when I was in seminary when we had a an organization specifically for artists and my immediate thought and one of their dudes immediate thought was food because mm-hmm. if somehow it's only a glimpse I mean pleasure and maybe I'm wrong in this um, so if my theology is wonky uh, you know fix it because formal heresy will kind of get me excommunicated at at Ryan uh, hashtag wonky theology yeah, Father Schneider. But if you don't know, if you don't know, it's accidental heresy and is not it's not sinful. True, true. Um, I'm just gonna. But yeah, so essentially, if food, well, if if we, what the pleasure that we receive in in so far as that it's being received in the correct form, like within its correct boundaries. Um, like, you can't be gluttonous, there's, like, you can't be lustful, but, like, if you're enjoying good food, um, that, the pleasure that comes from that is good, and therefore is possibly a foretaste of heaven, so if that's the case, is beautiful food a foretaste of heaven? I sure hope so. (laughs) And if so, can I continue to eat good food all the time. All the time, always. Because I want that. I think there, there, there's a, I think there, there is a substantial claim there because if you think about like a feast, uh, like a celebratory feast. Um, of course, we could use like a wedding feast as an image, since that's all over the place in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. th- that in itself is a good, is a good, an expression of you know, God's beauty, God's love. Um, and that that is a that is a, a time that prompts feast, uh, mm-hmm. prompts feasting, and so you you um, it, it it is a celebration, and so the partaking in that feast becomes a a, parti- a participation in that that beauty, I think, or a celebration of it, if nothing else. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that, yeah, it's good to hear, um, because. Just trying to affirm you. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm trying to like. It, I'm trying to get the gears rolling in my head because it's. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah. I've had a lot. I mean, by a lot to do. I mean, I've cleaned up the room that hasn't been cleaned in about a week and a half because I've been doing homework, trying to get ready for my spring break, because mine actually starts this week, which is nice. Both good and bad. Um, it's still like cold, so there's no real. There's not really a thing I can do, but you know. It's nice. So much of a spring. Yeah, it's more of a midwinter break. But yeah, I mean, especially in this, not even just on the food aspect, because even though food is my favorite thing to talk about, because it's just, everything about it is amazing, if it's good food. Yeah. Like, I could eat a Big Mac and then, like, a filet of fish within, like, one sitting just because they both tasted good. And not... I mean, I guess I'd be a little bit upset about it because carbs, and <laughs> and because McDonald's is trash. <laughs> yeah, and McDonald's. So that, but still, like, it's food is amazing. Except for the breakfast, lo- the breakfast is so good. Oh, the, the hotcakes! Oh, oh the hotcakes! My favorite thing. <laughs> I had to work at eight in the morning. I literally went to McDonald's before I went to my work at Dairy Queen, and ordered three plates of hotcakes, and was like, "I'm eating these on the way to work because if I walk into the, into DQ with these." My boss will kill me. 
because yeah. we also sell hotcakes, but they're not as good as McDonald's. What? What, yeah. what kind of Dairy Queen is this? It sells hotcakes. We sell hotcakes for breakfast. We sell, like, cinnamon pull-apart things. Like, you know that, like, monkey bread stuff that people make sometimes? It's, like, cinnamon. No? What are you talking maybe it's, about? Like, maybe it's a Midwest thing, but it's, like, little bread balls that should be, like, cinnamon rolls, but they're, like, munched together into, like, this bread loaf of, like, little bitty balls of cinnamon roll with icing and cinnamon inside. And it's called monkey bread because you, like, pull it apart with your hands and you eat it. But we sell those... Also, you you have expanded my horizon Dude, on this day. DQ sells breakfast all day, every day, but please don't order after 11 because we hate you if you do. That's nuts. It's the worst when people do that. My Dairy yeah. Queen doesn't doesn't offer any breakfast. Is it a grill and chill? No, no, I don't think so. That would explain a lot. The grill and chills are the best. Okay. <laughs> we we do all the all the really weird, like, baked things and stuff. It's cool. But, Can yeah. I, is, is, sorry, are you just going to make another point about hotcakes? No, but, I mean, I could, but no. Oh, okay. Are you, were you about to move on to the actual topic? Because if not, or if you were, I want to hold back for a second just because it came up so naturally, the Dairy Queen thing. Sure. Today, sure. I tried that sandwich you recommended, the pulled pork, the barbecue yeah. pulled pork one with the pretzel bun. It was all right. <laughs> it was all right? Yeah, it was all right. Like, I don't think I'd ever get it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. That's, like, my... It was, no. it was all right. My... I do like pretzel buns, and that pretzel bun was really good. And the pickles, good. I mean, it, was, it was a really good sandwich. I don't know if I'd mm -hmm. never get it again, but, like... And it's not like I was totally underwhelmed. I was I really just, just like kind of like, oh, this is good. It did like blow me away though. Too good for DQ though. Like it's uh that's my opinion yeah. of it. Cuz I I really like their their flamethrower burger. Same. Like it's my favorite I really burger. Like that. But yeah. that topped it for me. Did it. Wow. Yeah. But we're that's also get, this is uh this is why I might get fired the Tuesday I come back to work. Um we are getting a Reese's Extreme Blizzard. Mhm. Uh -huh. Which has not only Reese's peanut butter cups and peanut butter sauce, which is just like, it's peanut butter, but it's stirred a little bit more, so it's a little bit more liquidy consistency. Right. Um, but it also has Reese's pieces in it. Oh my gosh. So we're getting shipments of Reese's pieces, <laughs> and I don't know if I can keep myself from stealing them. Just eating all of them. I'm so excited. And there's, like, a brownie that has Reese's Pieces and Reese's... Oh, my gosh. ...and chocolate and peanut butter, like, drizzled over it. This is bad for me, all this talk about food. <laughs> I work there. Tell me about it. I'm going to be this eating is... this on all my breaks. Ooh, that looks sinful. <laughs> <laughs> Friday's the worst, because all we serve is meat, and I can't eat any of it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, so... I want to appreciate for a moment that you say that you say Reese's peanut butter cup and Reese's pieces the correct way. Because there's no other real way to say it, Jordana. <laughs> the man's name was not Reese. Uh, no. It yeah, it makes no other sense. It makes no sense anymore. I way. might I might have to write up a a, a Thomistic article about that you the correct pronunciation of that, that too <laughs> like oh, no, i we, did with gif oh, we have people come in and like you know there's like the artisan style sandwiches that's like what that's just what they're called uh-huh i can't imagine i can't even explain to you how many people come into the store and call them artesian style and i want to uh, i have never wanted to leave faster than when someone comes in and says that i'm just like i can't fix you I can't fix that. <laughs> that one I'm not as as clear on. Uh, that's just I don't say the word artisan that frequently, like a frequently enough to know that oh, saying artesian is wrong. I, Reese's is just that's clear. True. It's just how you would read it if you knew how to read. Yeah, I said it. Shots I'm not backing down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rip. Rip everyone that listens. There to goes it. our there goes our podcast. Literally, our our, fir our first critique is going to be, "How dare you say this?" But the way I pronounce my favorite candy, One it's my favorite candy. candy. So no, I I know how to pronounce it better than everyone else. 
It's my faith, so I know how I should do it. At Martin Luther. Oh, Martin Luther, what a guy. But, okay. What a stand-up... Quality what a st- What a stand-up. Because he was a comedian, obviously. Totally. That's The 95 Theses are all a joke. I need to stop. I'm going nuts here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the roasts just keep coming. Right. Go on with the topic. <laughs> okay, yeah, so man has this um, desire to create. And I don't necessarily know how to con- how to expand upon that, but the fact that it seems to be like to create and not necessarily nourish, but allow it to thrive within our own creation seems to be an, a distinctly masculine trait hmm. to me. And maybe I'm wrong because, you know, I'm not a woman. I don't identify as a woman for all of you people that for some reason think that that's a true statement. I think, um, I think yeah. it would, I think it would exist in women too, because I don't know, I don't know how, uh, oh yeah, uh, I'll, I'll survey you right now, Ryan, I'm taking a poll from just right. you specifically. Okay. How many of your female friends who are your age are baby crazy? Well, four of them already have kids. So, that's a thing. Um, how many of how many of them who don't have kids are okay. baby crazy? Like five. Like all Maybe. of them, probably. Five or yeah, like all of them. Desire friends. to create, Ryan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's very th- natural in women. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking more like the desire to build, like taking, a, like a chisel and just like sculpt out David, or like build a hut, and I don't know. I I, th- I think I I kind of get a sense of what you're saying. Um, okay, good, because I don't. <laughs> a lot of a lot of um, women I know who also like to craft. So mm. I think I do think it goes both ways, but perhaps it translates itself differently. Yeah, pro- possibly. Because I mean, yeah. I guess in my, I mean, just from the women I've talked to, the cre- it's more of a a nurturing kind of creation. Mm. from the women I've talked mm. to, which is, a, again, a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. Whereas on my end, it's more just, like, the basic... I don't want to say Neanderthalistic. Like, no, it's, uh, it's action-oriented. Yeah, it's it's a very, like, give me a hammer, give me a nail, give me, like, a two-by-four, and do, I'm going to create to do. something. I want to act. Yeah, like, I want to do things, and I want to yeah. do them well. Yeah. Hammer plus club plus rock equals hut. Yeah. I think I get a, I get a sense of what you're saying. Um, okay. If people want to contend with us, they they absolutely can. This go, kind of thing is open for discussion. Go for the full-on Twitter debate after this thing gets oh, uploaded. Oh boy! <laughs> I can't wait for that again. I'll <laughs> handle it. Don't worry. It'll I'll, that'll be the last thing I do before my fast. <laughs> get one last argument out of me. Yeah. And then I'll. No, it'll leave. be fine. I like talking to people on Twitter. I think I usually I, I think I usually actually do online debates pretty well, all things yeah. considered. It's not as easy as a personal debate. No, it's not. I'd like, much rather talk to people face to face. Yeah, and I mean it's much easier to. You don't have the advantage of like Google and stuff like that in a personal debate. So whenever you actually do that in person, you have to kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Whereas if you're on the internet, like if I don't know the Greek word for rock, I can just Google it. Yeah. I also and think prove my that when there. you well, right, right, yeah. <laughs> I also think that when you see a person face to face, like you're looking a person at their face, um, mm-hmm. you're perhaps more accepting of the things that they'll say. Well, true. So. In most cases, if you're a rational person, which we assume that we all are. Yeah, I'm getting more into economic theory now at this point than anything else, <laughs> but because that's like the first theory of economics is that people are rational. So like if some if the stock market crashes, you're just you're not going to assume that people are just going to go fishing more often, you know? Yeah, like it's that sort of a thing. Right. But then again, that happens sometimes, so you yeah, never does. know. Yeah. What goes on? But yeah, um, yeah. So that what. Would that what within the being of God, 
what was in the in the nature that God gave us would drive that want for creation because I know it comes from himself the the drive um, to create out of not only just the the action oriented want but from the desire to um, expand not only yourself but the love that the Father's given you uh, is what that is part of the drive to create but then how does that translate in both good and bad ways I guess if you understand yeah, what I'm saying I think so um, I, I think so I think the intellect would be like the the human intellect would be like the key source of that because it, I think there you would find the recognition of beauty and I think there's a clear um, connection you know when human beings recognize something beautiful, they want to express it in some way. Um, they want to share it. They, they want to create. They, they want to express this beauty. They want to create an expression of this beauty that they've perceived. Um, and I think that's just kind of innate in people. And I think it's at its best when people put it to art I think it's at its worst when people use it to like utilitarian ends. So, for example, uh, like I think I think that innate desire to create um, is is in all human beings, uh, it, and it's why there's quote unquote progress to begin with. It, like it's why human beings are just moving forward with basically everything, uh, all of their endeavors. There, there's this desire to push forward, and I think that. That desire to create is probably what fuels that. But I think it gets corrupted when it, like I said, when it gets used to utilitarian ends. And so, one example I would use, like when I visited Iceland, um, they're really self-sufficient, and that's really good in one sense. Like economically, that's pretty good. Like their economy, I think, is on the rise. I don't know. It was really strong, then it crashed. That's a whole aside. Um, Anyway, they're they're really self-sufficient. That's good for them, you know, economically. That's good for for their uh, their resources. It's good for their their industry. Um, but here's what that turns into: it it sees opportunities to create industry. Um, mm -hmm. So rather than really making an expression of something beautiful, it's kind of a way of of capitalizing on their natural energy, uh, their tourists, their tourist attractions, basically. Like, obviously, they're kind of most of their tourist attractions are natural. But when I was there, I saw like they basically everything in Iceland has a tourist association to it now. Even their their sciency stuff, uh, you know, like their geothermal power plant, has basically a tourist display and has a, a souvenir shop, and so it's all these different ways of capitalizing on that tourism and it's creating an industry and from what I know a pretty successful one like the, the, the country brings in income that way and, and helps support itself and that, that's a good thing but that desire to create is almost you can think about it like this the desire to create is oriented toward an end that is not uh, in and of itself worth pursuing. Um, mm -hmm. It's subservient to some other good. Mm. It's not worth worth pursuing for its own sake, it's for the sake of some other good. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not quite sure how to expand on it. Uh, simply because, you know, I don't... I don't have the background on it, I don't... No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What? What the? Just using my example Iceland's. here. Yeah. Replace Iceland with anything, really. Yeah. Def this is what happens when I'm at a loss for words at twelve oh eight in the morning. <laughs> uh, well, because people get have the desire to create, and it, but it turns into a a capitalizing on mm -hmm. whatever they're receiving to get some other end so it's it's basically like using it as a as a tool 
rather than as something for for its own for yeah good. its own its own good and beauty yeah yeah what is yeah like like he said which is use the term utilitarian which is why that's bad you guys don't do that um, there are things there are aspects of utilitarianism that can be used in a good way in terms of the creation where if you have something and this is just my own personal like thought process for it the act of creating something with a utilitarian mindset in order to, to create something better for the form of art so like if I'm going to create like, just the very basic example of like I'm going to grow some flower that produces a purple dye. Yeah. And, or like, or I'm going to work not for the sake of doing a great, doing the best job I can, but I still do the best job I can. But the mm -hmm. sake is the is the utilitarian goal of getting an income to be able to right. create X, Y, or Z. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Uh, but if or I'm going to be somewhat arguable. I yeah. It's it, I yeah. It's it's at least um, I would almost link, go towards it's indifferent, maybe not yeah. good, but it's at I least a, a moral um, like a, a moral middle ground. Mm -hmm. But then, you, if you as long as what is used after that, or like the the byproduct is for something that is good, yeah. It's so like if you if I'm going to get the income and I'm going to create a like the Mona Lisa because I'm sure for at least the first part of his life like he didn't make the Mona Lisa just to or he didn't paint and not have an income. He had to have some sort of a job yeah. or some sort of form of um getting what was necessary. Right. Whether it be from his like a family or because mm -hmm. I don't know history anymore, it's been for, it's been years since I've taken a history course. <laughs> but when yeah, so that would not be bad. But if you're going to just go to your job and get an income, just for the sake of getting an income, and that's your only goal, yeah, I would almost argue that that's not like good. Yeah, because you I have the yeah the desire to create in that point is not to create for the sake of a good; it's to create for the sake of personal gain. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you want, and I think that's where the the kind of the corruption of it is. Mm -hmm. I want to avoid saying kind of. That's that's where the corruption of it is. Um, the the desire to create ought to be to create something for its own sake, and I think that's where it most reflects God's creation god created simply simply because it's like it's worth creating um for its own sake it's it's worth having it exist for its own sake um and so that desire to create that we have most reflects god's creation god's act of creation when would we seek to create something for its own sake when we recognize that it's worth doing just for the sake of doing it and it gets corrupted when we desire to create for some personal gain, like you said. Mm -hmm. And when that gain, and that's when you start to see the the boredom of what you're doing, the the lackluster, um, yeah. not pleasure that comes from it, but the the dissatisfaction of your creation, because mm -hmm. you don't, you're not doing. It's it's like whenever you go to mass and just go through the motions. Like it gets, it's boring. It's not fun. It's mm. and it's not good. Like, but whenever you yeah. you go and you go with the intention of doing, um, like giving a sacrifice, yeah. like doing what you can do, um, at least stay as focused as you can, depending on your your level of um, yeah. attention, like att your attention span, because mine's like three seconds, and I'm assuming. <laughs> Some people's are longer, and maybe one or two people's are less. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's um, yeah. I, th I think it's putting a lower good mm -hmm. above a higher good, um, and then yeah. In, in that way, it's it's a reconstruction of of um. 
a proper order of of um of goods uh just to restate what is what i said <laughs> yeah I, I had i had a thought i really did did i keep it the story of it's gone. a lot of this episode yeah. on my end. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. It's okay. Yeah, it, yeah. When you have that that ordering of the higher of the um, lower good over the higher good in every circumstance, that's kind of just as a as a general principle what sin kind of is. Yeah. Not as a, yeah, like not as a as a blanket, not as, not as a blanket term, but like as a very simplified term of what sin is. You're putting the lower good over, as, or as the replacement of what the higher good should be. Right. So whenever, like, yeah, and that's kind of where pride comes in too, but I mean, not to say that pride is the reason that you, you want the income. Maybe you just want the income for other reasons. So you're going to retire at 60 and be content and whatever. And that would still be... I mean, still everyone, the same principle applies, like just putting a lower good above a... Yeah. A higher and I mean, good, whatever that higher good might be. It would be some artistic pursuit or contemplation. Yeah or, yeah, or even just bettering the lives of the people that you're working for and with, or like, you know, yeah. even that. But I know everyone jokes about it, but I've been working, and I know you might feel the same. If you've been working for like three years at this point, four years... I think you're allowed to work at 16. I've been working for like three years at this point, and I'm already ready to retire. <laughs> I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, you got well, you got to find the right job. Like you want to do a job that you like doing. Yeah. I personally can't imagine doing a job just because I need the income. Like if I hated it, um, and that's part of the re- like I worked at a mini golf course for a couple summers. I hated it. I made great money. But I hated it. I couldn't do it. And then I started working at a, at a summer camp. I love it. I don't even really care about how much money I make. I just love to do it. It's fulfilling. So that's kind of a, a re... It put my priorities... I got a job that like reflected what was important, what I valued in, in my mind, um, to be higher than, than the money I was receiving. And then I was, I was, I've been happy with it ever since. Find a job that you like, guys. Yeah. Same listen thing with, to, listen to yeah, same thing with like studying a, a major. Like I yeah. study philosophy because I I love it. I don't think I could sit through you know whatever courses that a you know a, a management or a business major requires. I mean that's just not interesting and it that might help me make a lot of money. Or if I if I were you know be to be studying like medical science, whatever. To me, that stuff just isn't it isn't what I love, and I wouldn't be happy doing it. And it might it might make me a lot of money, but that's putting a lower thing above a higher thing, which is this thing that I find lovable for its own sake. I just think it's beautiful and worth doing it, and it's engaging, and it's fulfilling. So those are reasons you want to do something, I think, rather than oh, this will give me money. And if once I have money, then I'll be happy because I can get the things that I think will make me happy. Uh, and that doesn't, I mean, you know, obviously it doesn't mean you just like go and do just that for the rest of your life and not be able to, you know, support yourself to an right, extent. Yeah. But like, don't, like what, you, like what you just said, you know, don't confuse going and doing a major that's going to give you a lot of money just because it's going to give you a lot of money with actual happiness I'm, yeah like i'm gonna do this even though it won't give me nearly as much money but i can still you know live and not freeze to death because i can't pay my heating yeah, bill yeah. or build a fire here's here's a question have you ever met a liberal arts major who's homeless like someone who graduated college in the liberal arts who does not have a job I think maybe one, two, but not like not. But not were they? Yeah, were they like amount. cripplingly poor and? No, it was. Yeah, yeah it was so like exactly. they were between jobs and like couldn't. Yeah, like no rent at that point. It was like a like a frictional unemployment, which right, which happens to like everyone. Yeah. 
just yeah, which is it's cool because like you see the um, I think it was the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with this like it was kind of like a roadmap for how to not be poor in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is weird because you wouldn't expect that to be measurable, right? And it's kind of an it's kind of a philosophical concept just because they can't scientifically prove that this is everyone that does this, but really all you have to do is you know don't have kids before. Um, you're married because at that point there's that like variable. You mean there's practical reasons for it too? Oh my gosh! It's (laughs) weird. But then there's like graduate high school and have a steady full-time job of any sort by the time you're 20. that That one's like the least necessary out of all of them. I know, but like it says, you do that, and you Although will not to, be poor forever. In the that being US said, I wonder. Right things. I wonder how they define full time job because being a student, I think, is considered a full time job or at least a commitment well, of some sort. Like if, like on certain forms, when they ask you what your state of life is, like your, your employment, you could say student. Yeah, with with the BLS um, employment, there's a there's a section for um, students that work. I think it's like twenty five plus, not twenty five plus. I think it's like thirty hours a week in our students. It's full time, something like that. Mm-hmm. But whenever they say you have a full time job, they mean you know forty plus hours a week. Okay. Is is their baseline because they the other variables wouldn't necessarily. Um, if you graduate high school, they assume that you have the education that's necessary. To get a job? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Ryan. I spend at least 40 hours every week being a college student. I care, but the Bureau of Labor Statistics doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, the, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics is wrong! <laughs> oh. No, because oh, I, I, I think it's... You can be a full-time student... Not that you're getting paid for that, but it paves the way, I think. Yeah, it, it helps a lot more than not being a full-time student. I feel like another one, I feel like a mo- even more essential one to, if, if to them having a full-time job means have, like being employed year-round mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, or like be, being employed and not including being a student, being an active student or pursuing higher education, um, I feel like I'm even more necessary thing is like don't do drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty easy one. Don't do drugs. That's bad. You you won't if you're not spending all that money on drugs, you'll have money to spend on other things. You'll also be willing to do other things and not be addicted to drugs. That's my uh that's my very like overly generalized assert um assessment of of what how how Taking drugs works. And I mean, like, not to uh, say to, I know to, this. To you socially. Uh, and I mean, not to say I know your this. social status. But, like, a, a gram of weed can cost up to, like, 30 bucks. So <laughs> that's, like. That's a lot of max. money. Yeah. You could feed you yourself could buy that five, much money. You could feed your family Big Macs with a gram of weed. Yeah. Feed your family the dang Big Mac. Yeah. Or you could go, so, final, I guess this could be a final tip, you could go move to Iceland. In Reykjavik, I didn't see any any beggars on the street. I think they recognize that things are expensive there, but I don't think anyone's really poor to the point of homelessness or extreme poverty. And if there are, there'd be very, very few. So, like, you could go to New York, or you could go to Pittsburgh, or you could go... Chicago or any any major city and find people begging on the streets. In Reykjavik, they don't have those. So. <laughs> not that that's like you want to. I'm not saying that those are bad people, but. But America. I'm just I'm just I'm making like a really America facetious America. claim about poverty here and go. Oh, move to Iceland. <laughs> go to Iceland, guys. Go to Iceland, guys. More jobs for us. You'll, you, you won't be you won't be super poor there. There you go. There's my pitch. <laughs> Boom. That way you don't have to Did have it. kids after you're married. You can do it before and you still won't be poor. Yeah, there I mean that's go. true too. The, throw out the lack of throw out the morality of it. <laughs> Just move to Iceland. 
Yeah, just move to Iceland. That solves all the problems. Half your kid would never. Oh man. It's a mostly Lutheran country. Yeah. So. It used to be Catholic, and then the, the Lutherans took over. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> we'll be praying for you guys. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter. Maybe yeah. Nathan will actually respond I to you might, if you tweet I at him. I might tweet tonight even. Maybe. I mean, that's actually a tall order. I might just check my notifications. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's going to be a lot. Good luck. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, see you guys on Twitter. Um, pray for us. I'm going to leave my DMs open. Um, not my this DMs have week. always been open, so. His DMs are open, so talk to him Slide instead. Slide right on in. <laughs> yeah. Talk to this guy. Um, we'll pray for you guys. What else was there? There was some other thing I was going to say that involved... Oh, give us a rating on iTunes. It's not one star, please. I mean, do that if you Oh, you could do that. that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have very, very high expectations of our reviews, but if you feel like you want to give a one star review... Just do we actually, we do we actually have high expectations of our reviews? I don't. <laughs> no, but we I have to make care. it sound like we do so that they assume oh, oh, this oh, is a quality podcast. Oh, uh, edit that part out. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is high quality, guys. I don't know what other things you're listening to, but yeah. this is higher quality. This is our longest like, episode yet. It is. This is like an, oh, this is an hour long. This is a broken hour. Thanks, 24 minutes of banter. Yeah. Well... Ethan and Patrick got nothing on that. So what's their longest episode? Like 40 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. Scrubs. Actually, I, I haven't. <laughs> I don't listen to it frequently enough. I'll, Scrubs. I'll pay attention. Us. Listen Come to the Crunch on Sundays. There you go. I hope you enjoyed Come at that. me, Pat. I will fight you IRL. <laughs> Next time there's a focus conference, let's go. You're you like five inches taller than I. Patrick, if you want me to listen to the Crunch, you got to listen to Good Deliberation. You can sit through this whole episode. I will listen to the crunch. I'm tweeting that at him tonight. I hope you realize okay. that. Dude, do, do, uh, do it. That's going to be how I pilot this. That's going to be how I pilot this episode on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. We got this. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, should we, should we end the way we started? Do it. Everybody's going to the party. Have a real good time. <laughs>